Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As Nintendo Switch turns five, let's break down one of the most successful consoles of all time. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss the Switch is CNET VR and gaming reporter Scott Stein. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks, Roger. Nintendo Switch console turns five today, yet it's hardly showing its age. Just how successful is it? Well, it's the most successful Nintendo console, and it's like it's right up there in the top, uh, you know, top consoles in sales of all time. So that's pretty big. It, it's interesting because I didn't necessarily see that that would be the case when the Switch first arrived five years ago. And it's hard to predict these things. Yeah, it was it was a bit of an anomaly, right? Like I, I looked at it and it, it it felt like they were just jamming a tablet with some controllers, and you you actually saw some of these with third party stuff with like iPads, and it's kind of fascinating that it it be, it just sort of blew up from there, right? Yeah, I mean the, the coolest thing about it is that the 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 wild idea really worked, and this like Nintendo does this like every once in a while. And but this one wasn't as weird and crazy as you'd expect. Like you said, I I'd seen like the Razer Edge gaming tablet before at CES and had reviewed it before the Switch was announced. And the Nvidia Shield, which like Nvidia's chip being in the Switch, that tablet was was like the precursor to the Switch. So you saw the model out there in the industry, and then Nintendo like adopted the idea, made it an everyday system but also mainstreamed it. So I feel like by its success now, you see things like, uh, you know, I think like Steam Deck or Qualcomm's uh, model for gaming with Razer. Um, you know, these things are starting to, to arrive elsewhere. Yeah, the, the, this idea of this hybrid console that can connect to a TV, but also be taken on the go. I mean, that for me, as a parent who has basically lost his TV to his kids, I mean, having this portable screen that I could carry around, uh, or you know, play on the train ride and work. When I used to do that, it was I mean, it was was just a revelation. Um, you know, looking at it, you know, looking at that first year, I mean, it had Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Splatoon two. Like it had a, a number of blockbusters, and it was it was kind of easy to see how it got propelled into the success that it was or is. But we're five years into it, and it's still really popular. Like, what? Why is it so enduring? I think one thing is the handheld part. I mean, there's another part that's the kid part, but it's interesting that at this point, everyone else had vacated the handheld gaming space. And so like, I think like as Steam Deck is pointing out now with, with reviews and feedback on it, even though it's experimental, there's a lot of people who dream of playing games on the go. And it's funny because you, you think of like phones and tablets and th these things have been around, but they're still, they're still not perfect for that. And, and it's like a Kindle, not everybody wants the one device to do everything actually can get annoying. And so like every time you think we're converging, you see spin-off devices. And so I think the Switch really taps into that. Like how many people use it to play indie Steam games that eventually migrate over? I think that's a large amount. Kids are a large amount. And then there's like the other thing, which is like, you know, Nintendo smartly, it's like you kind of buy more of them because it's not a console fully. So you could have multiple ones in the same house. 
it's kind of like people getting more iPhones or more whatever, like, you know, they, they kind of, it was like back with the iPod, they kind of multiply. Um, and I've seen that happen in our house. And I'm sure that's part of also where the sales numbers are at. Yeah, and it's it's really impressive, particularly over the last year, that the Switch has continued to sell well, despite the introduction of two next-generation consoles from Microsoft and Sony. Uh, and there, there is now a huge, huge gap in terms of specs and, and hardware. I mean, do you find it surprising that it's still successful? I don't because of the way it's designed. But I think that it's interesting. Even I, I looked at uh, the, the new game uh, briefly, Kirby um, and Forgotten Land. Um and, and some of the games I'm playing lately, and some of them are cloud streaming from third parties, mm-hmm. it seems like you, th- there is a wall that's being hit where uh, I forgive the graphics, I forgive the Joy-Cons in exchange for really fun games. But that's the thing is I feel like I'm forgiving them more. And, and I think that, that there has to be a shift again. Um, and Nintendo has, has gone through cycles their consoles tend to be every five or six years, looking back on the history of all the consoles they've ever done. And so that would indicate that we're getting close to something. Even though Nintendo's pledged the Switch is going to have a long life, maybe it's like the DS to the 3DS, where there's a new idea that's still compatible. Right, and, and notably, Switch did get a minor refresh last year with a, a larger display, I guess a little bit more you know, horsepower, but but not a huge upgrade. I mean, you think something more extensive is on its way? Well, I think the chips are there now. Like, I mean, you know, and there have been starting increasing reports about, you know, maybe there's a new NVIDIA chip going into it, et cetera. It seems totally capable on that end. I don't know what it would be charged, what they would charge for it, et cetera. But Nintendo is so tight-lipped about these things that it's really impossible to predict. The drops on them usually come out of the blue. And it's kind of amazing how even like the OLED Switch you know, it was very hard to predict what was going on. We thought that there was a a pro coming and then there wasn't. Maybe there's still a pro model. Maybe it's a Switch 2. I don't know. And I don't think it would hold up the idea of buying one, but it kind of lingers in my mind, uh, especially with Nintendo having so many high profile games still coming, like Breath of the Wild 2, Mm -hmm. suppose a Metroid Prime 4. And I think to myself, like, are those going to come alongside a new system. Usually Nintendo times Zelda's to new hardware. So like I've seen that happen a lot. It just makes me wonder, you know, like Breath of the Wild came out on the Wii U and the Switch when it debuted. Nobody remembers right. the Wii U version of Breath <laughs> of the Wild. But same thing with Twilight Princess, where it was kind of a bridge release, I think, on the Wii and the GameCube. So I feel like that could happen. And then that's your incentive yeah, but it would still be backwards compatible. Yeah, that that's an interesting point. Um, and yeah, it, it seems like the best bet given the huge library of Switch games and that audience, having something that sort of evolves but is still backwards compatible is key. I know you've obviously spent a lot of time with tablets and iPads in particular since you review them. Uh, you know, you make a point in your story about sort of certain features with the that Nintendo still doesn't really do really well for what is a tablet essentially? Uh, I'm curious, like what what features from like the iPad Nintendo should incorporate into that experience? Yeah, it's funny. Like one of my kids, my nine year old's friend, when he was over one day, just innocently said to me, "He's playing an iPad and going, why doesn't Nintendo make one of these?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's you're smart." And I was like, "Oh, interesting. Thank you for that insight." 
I think, and he plays the Switch a lot. But I think there's a clear understanding from kids that the iPad is a very different proposition. And it's not even just that, it's some things like instant online connections and accounts and, yeah. um, and some of the flexible controls you could just play on the touch screen. I mean, you can do touch screen for the thing, but it's the apps and the other things. I don't know, Nintendo, I don't think we'll ever get into apps, but I think that the account handling stuff really feels ancient still. And they've been really good with Nintendo, with kid accounts, more, than they ever had, but there's this whole like ownership that's locked to particular accounts that gets kind of weird. And I think you know, on like an like an iPad, you have apps that you purchase for family that get shared. I, I think stuff like that should be switched up, so to speak. But I also think like, yeah, I just think like the you know, I, I think it's just the versatility. I think the Switch does people forget it's a tablet because it looks kind of clunky, and I think. You know, it could shift more to the Steam Deck Qualcomm model of feeling a little more seamlessly modern, where it's not like kind of feeling like it's glued on, um, I guess is what I would say. Like that, th those are the steps I think it needs to take, especially if they want it to go another five years. Um, and then cloud streaming, some of that stuff, like the, the way it connects to, to cloud connected things should feel a lot more integrated. Um, and I, it's easier said than done. No, no, for sure. But I, I think given that's that seems to be where the industry is going, that's something that Nintendo's done, right? They've sort of dipped their toes into it with their, with their online service, but uh, there, there's definitely more that can be done. Uh, I guess back to this generation and looking at the games lineup this year, you know, I talked about how that first year had this kind of stellar lineup of games. What do you think... How do you think this year, five five years into it, how do you think that game's lineup looks? I think the game's lineup looks good. I think it feels like it's a little bit like, uh, it, it's kind of hitting this like stable stalling point, you know, to me, mm -hmm. where there are really good games that emerge. Like, you know, 2020, it wasn't last year, but, you know, like Animal Crossing, you know, like oh, yeah. totally redefined the switch to people it like rebooted everything people wouldn't even think about the other games so much um so there are games like that that still pop up i mean i look at kirby i look at like I mean, pokemon arceus and the next pokemon game people get excited about they yeah. seem to still pull a lot of stuff out of their hats but it i mean that first year had an amazing lineup of games and i kind of and nintendo does this like they kind of release big games and then they lay low for a while in their history um have these sort of like sometimes feeling like very good b-side games but that makes me think that there's something on the horizon. You know, I kind of feel like, you know, I'm like, are they waiting to unleash even more in the future? Like, what is happening? It doesn't feel like this current path can keep sustaining infinitely. Like, something needs to kind of kickstart it again. And I think that's, I just think that's going to happen. Because even when I play Kirby, like, I think about, like, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the PS5 and, like, that type of gameplay was a lot more fluid. I'm not saying graphics make the difference always, but I think that the games are feeling like they're they're kind of pushing a little bit. And third-party developers are going to have already kind of moved on. And I think it's going to be harder for the third-party developers to to kind of develop down for a different uh for a very different platform. Yeah, that's that's really key. Um you know, you talked about that 3 that Kirby game, I guess the first 3D Kirby game. How was it? Not as good as I thought. <laughs> I, I really hate to say, 
disagree with me. There's a free demo online now, so you could play it. You can tell me I'm wrong. I when I saw the trailer for it, I got really excited because it looked like Super Mario Odyssey, where it's like a free open world. It seemed like you're going to transform stuff, like when Mario throwing the cap. It looked really fluid. It's fine. They're very linear levels, much more like Super Mario 3D World, like limited camera movement. They the the, the animation seemed like. I don't know, it's like 30 frames per second or something. And again, I usually don't care about that stuff, but it didn't look as fluidly cartoony as I wanted it to be, is what I would describe it as. Kind of felt okay. Kind of felt like an existing game that it existed, that they ported over. And it didn't really surprise me so far. So I just wanted it to be a little more surprising and open. And that might happen. I've only started playing it, and the you know the full review will be coming. But... um yeah, I think in, in general, I just want more surprise. I think Breath of the Wild and Odyssey were major gaming shifts for them. And then w- there is a new Wii Sports game coming, which sounds cool. Um, there are things like that, but like I'm waiting for the big new surprise. And in a way, like they, they, they had Labo, which I really liked, even though it was crazy. But like, you know, that was a really wild experiment. They had things like that. Like, I'm kind of waiting for them to surprise again, which is Nintendo style. Lately, I've felt less surprised. So I think it's, I, I would definitely get the Mario games over Kirby, but but download the, the demo and try it. All right. Well, Scott, thanks for your time. You can check out historioncena.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.